In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who comes to us and helps us to breathe once again. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, sleep apnea, it is an epidemic in the United States. First diagnosed in 1965, so a very recent diagnosis, first diagnosed back there in the middle 60s, and today approximately 12 million Americans deal with it. I deal with it. Pastor Tom, my predecessor here, also dealt with it. But it's not just a pastor thing. Really. Although there would be interesting implications when you hear the rest of this sermon. It's not. In fact, there's some of you in this room that deal with sleep apnea. My cousin deals with sleep apnea. My uncle deals with sleep apnea. And a whole host of other people throughout the world deal with this disease. Now, if you don't know what it is, basically what it is, is that while you are asleep, your soft palate, one of the muscles in the back of your throat, it closes off your airway. And when it closes off your airway, you stop, you stop breathing while you're sleeping. And normally, it's not for very long. It's only for about 10 seconds. That's what's pretty normal among sleep apnea sufferers. So, let's do it. Let's hold our breath, starting when I say go, for 10 seconds. Go. Maybe it felt a little bit uncomfortable, but you weren't gasping for breath when you were done. But essentially what happens with somebody who suffers from sleep apnea is that that happens to them over and over and over again during the night until you get to the place where my cousin is at. My cousin also has sleep apnea. The way that you find out if you have sleep apnea or not is you go into a sleep study where they hook up all sorts of fun little wires to you and they test to see how long you're not breathing for. Out of eight hours, he didn't breathe for two. And you can imagine what kind of havoc that wreaks on your body. In fact... It's been proven to wreak a lot of havoc. It can set you up for early diabetes. It can give you high blood pressure, which it did to me. And worst of all for me, it gives you these horrible headaches when you get up in the morning if you don't treat it. And that was my story. That's, in fact, how they knew to send me to a sleep study because I kept on waking up. And not many of you probably knew this besides Cheryl. But about every week to uh, even twice a week sometimes, I would come to work here with basically a debilitating headache where I wouldn't be able to really concentrate on a whole lot of anything because of this disease where I wasn't breathing. 
And so the treatment then is this wonderful machine called a CPAP. Continuous Positive Airway Pressure. And this CPAP machine, what it does is it actually forces air into your airway so that it kind of kickstart your breathing again. So you don't have those 10 second delays in your breathing so that you breathe like, well, a normal person. Now, some people don't like their CPAP machines, and I understand that. It's like having a spider living on your face. Um, you, you have this thing that's strapped to your face. You have to remember to put it on. You have to deal with all of the stuff that goes along with strapping something to your face before you go to sleep. But, I love my CPAP machine. Even with all of that junk. Because... After I put on my CPAP machine for about the first month, it felt like the resurrection, y'all. It was amazing. You know that, 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 that stuff in Revelation about how there will be no more tears, how there will be no more pain. I was getting up for a month in a row without ever having a headache, and I was screaming out to the Lord saying, Hallelujah! <laughs> headache free. Now since November. So amazing. So if I can get that excited about a CPAP machine, you can imagine how excited those Gentiles were when they received the Holy Spirit. You see, that word, spirit, panoima in Greek, is the word for breath. It's the word for breathing in and out. And essentially what happens when the Holy Spirit descends upon these Gentile people that are gathered to hear Peter's sermon is that they start to breathe. I know what it's like not to breathe. And if you've had sleep apnea or if you've had asthma or if you've had any other reason that you haven't been able to breathe for a prolonged period of time, you know what it's like to rejoice feeling that breath come back into you. That's what those Gentiles were experiencing for the first time. As the Holy Spirit came upon them, as Peter was preaching to them. You see, that's what the Holy Spirit does in our Christian lives. One way to think about the Trinity is to think about the Trinity in terms of God's personhood, in terms of God's speaking to us. That God the Father, when He is speaking to us, that He's sort of the mental construct behind our words. That He is the one who is putting it all together and sending it then to the Son, who we call the Word. The one who then moves His human mouth so that we can understand who this God is. 
But if you have a thought, and if you have a mouth, it's still not going to be able for anyone else to understand, really, unless you have some breath behind it. That is who the Holy Spirit is. And so, it makes sense that when these Gentile Christians now hear the word about Jesus Christ forgiving them of their sins, when they hear that they have been forgiven of all of the sins that they have had in themselves since the moment that they were conceived, right away, the thing that starts happening to them is that they start exhaling. They've been breathed into and now they're breathing out. Speaking in tongues, whatever that means. And extolling God. All activities of breathing out. So how are you breathing out? The Holy Spirit is breathing into you. He's breathing into you with His Word. He's breathing into you with this power that He has that is so mysterious in your lives that brings you to the waters of baptism, that brings us together as the church. He's breathing into you, giving you that power. He's like a heavenly CPAP machine, making sure that you have continuous, positive airway pressure. Breathing into your life, even when your life on its own would choose not to breathe. And pretty soon your lungs get all filled with all of the good stuff that He has for you. The forgiveness of sins, the knowledge of the resurrection of the body the community of the church. And as you breathe that in, more and more, pretty soon, all you can do is exhale and extol God for the great God who He is. No matter who you are. Because He loved you so much to come up with the idea to save you from your sins, to save you from those things that you've done that have hurt your mother, that have hurt your father, that have hurt your neighbor, and have disappointed God. That God came up with an idea, and then He spoke that idea in the words of His Son, and gave it power by His Holy Spirit, who depend, descends upon you in your Christian life. If you think about it, exhaling is pretty easy. Kind of the big work that we have in our bodies when we're breathing, if you really think about how you breathe, the hardest work is inhaling to go 
you've got to use your diaphragm to expand your chest cavity. You have to be able to suck that air in. And then it seems like it almost happens on its own. That you breathe out. Let the Holy Spirit breathe into you. And through that cause you to breathe out this week. Amen.